Blog Talk Radio. From the far reaches of the known universe, we are proud to present Brother Harold Muhammad, soldier, scientist, scholar. Blog Talk Radio's finest. Not so mad science. On Black Hole Radio. Assalamu alaikum. And welcome to tonight's edition of Not So Mad Science here on the Black Hole Radio Network. Once again and as always, coming to you live from the city of Detroit, Motown. And just because Barry Gordy took Motown to L.A. does not mean Detroit has lost its soul. I have been away from you, my lovelies. For quite some time. But I want you to know that Brother Harold is back. Standing strong, swinging hard. If you're going to throw a punch, throw it with mean intentions, as Mike Tyson would say. Break some bones. If you're going to swing the bat, swing to hit the home run. In those words, mortal words of Hank Aaron. And if you're going to throw the rock, hit him in the eye and kill him, as with David and Goliath. So tonight, we're going up against Goliath. So as it says in the, uh, what the show is about portion, when we set up our radio show, it says, in today's world, the most profound subject on those who hear, heed, and study the world about them mind. What they have on their mind is, how do I boost, strengthen, or augment my immune system? We will endeavor tonight, and particularly over these next three, maybe four weeks, share with you all of the notable and provable science available to fight the illness and the disease known as SARS-CoV-2 or the coronavirus or COVID-19. With that in mind, let's dive in and digest this information. So, as the world continues to be in a state of flux as it relates to the novel coronavirus, we have some timely reference material that addresses a number of the issues pertaining to the overall health and wellness COVID-19 pandemic. So topic one addresses ways to minimize the effect of the COVID-19, which includes eating healthy, weighing properly, 
following a daily routine or practice to lower your risk of infection and incorporating specific nutrients into your diet to boost the immune system. While this information is invaluable, despite a person's best efforts, a number of people may still find themselves having to face COVID-19 personally. To that end, Topic two, we will discuss the symptoms, testing, and home treatment for COVID-19. Yes, there is a home treatment process you can use. So we're going to provide some information on how a person contracts the coronavirus, the symptoms related to the various phases of infection, and the importance of testing. Tonight's show will also present a variety of home treatment options proven scientifically for mild and moderate symptoms of COVID-19, as well as ways to isolate and quarantine at home when a person has an illness. And finally, topic three tonight of this respite material will address the potential treatment and therapies that a person might undergo if hospitalized with COVID-19. We hope to present 10 different categories of possible treatments for COVID-19, along with scientific studies noting the efficacy and proven treatment to prevent the disease. I pray, we pray, we must all pray that this information that we hope to provide tonight will help to increase your knowledge, which may help to boost your overall health and wellness and aid you in identifying and researching possible treatments and therapies for COVID-19 to protect you and your families. So, giving you some spiritual and scriptural context, looking to minimize the effects of COVID-19, healthy eating and weighing properly. Quote, the Bible says that he will give us more life abundancy, but he demands strict obedience to his will. There is no way of prolonging the life of human beings or any other life unless it begins with restrictions of the foods which sustain life, the right kinds of foods, and the proper time and when it should be taken into our bodies. This is a quote from the book, How to Eat to Live, book one by the most honorable Elijah Muhammad. 
One of the best things you can do to help reduce the adverse effects of any infectious disease, including COVID-19, is to adopt a healthy lifestyle. Eating foods that help sustain and prolong life rather than shorten it is quite simple, quite a simple notion that when put into practice profoundly impacts the quality of one's life. Having the right information and the right plan to accomplish the task of learning how to eat to live is key in the quest for optimum health. Two proven and most effective resources are the monumental books titled How to Eat to Live, Books 1 and 2 by the Most Honorable Elijah Muhammad. Not only do these books teach the best foods to eat, but they also teach you how to prepare some of these foods along with the proper time to eat for the body to gain optimal benefits. As we continue to be affected by this global COVID-19 pandemic, we must do our best to maintain a wholesome, healthy diet to strengthen the body against disease. Do your best to maintain a healthy diet full of fruits and vegetables, such as navy beans, garlic, onions. These and they are rich in vitamins, minerals, antioxidants, and phytonutrients, such as vitamin C, vitamin D, zinc, quercetin, and I'll spell that for you, Q-U-E-R-C-E-T-I-N, and other immune-boosting nutrients. Spend time in the sun regularly to enable the body to produce vitamin D. Water is essential for good health. So be sure to stay hydrated by drinking plenty of water daily. It is also important to get adequate sleep during the night. Getting sufficient rest can help your body to rejuvenate and heal itself. This is proven scientifically, medically, biologically, and chemically. In this environment where COVID-19 is prevalent, we should also consider taking vitamin C, vitamin D, and zinc supplements when necessary. But be sure to consult with your health care provider and take the recommended doses appropriate for you. As we go through tonight's program, we'll discuss these immune-boosting nutrients further. And what is the nominal or typical amount of these nutrients you should have in your bloodstream? When considering the best nutrients or nutrient-rich foods to prepare for yourself and your family, note that scientific research and studies continue to prove the efficacy 
of how to eat to live. While these books were first introduced in the 60s, today's scientists, medical professionals, and dietitians are just beginning to catch up with the wisdom and knowledge presented in these books. Recently, a team of researchers from the NIH, of course, published a study in the scientific journal Obesity Reviews. They studied nearly 400,000 patients with COVID-19. They found that those with obesity who contracted the SARS-CoV-2 were 113% more likely than people of healthy weight to end up in the hospital. 74% were more likely to be admitted to an ICU or an intensive care unit. And 48% were more likely to die from the disease. People who are overweight are more likely to develop other illnesses such as heart disease, diabetes, high blood pressure, and stroke. These conditions also make a person more likely to be hospitalized if they catch the coronavirus and ultimately more likely to die from the disease. If we want to combat the virus, it is critical that we individually and collectively eat healthy, achieve and maintain the proper weight, and adopt a healthy lifestyle. This is why we must begin to practice how to eat to live, to help sustain a long and healthy life. I tell you, my lovelies, there's not one of you I want to see leave before your time. I need you here with me for as long as your body can sustain you. Many of the foods recommended in How to Eat to Live, such as the navy beans, have since been touted by scientists as a superfood. In fact, it was in How to Eat to Live that the power of fasting and eating one meal a day was first introduced as a means for preventing and correcting ailments in the body. Eating one meal a day is referred to by many today as intermittent fasting. Some also call it the one meal a day diet, trying to coin a phrase off of someone else's work. While many initially responded with mockery, when the most honorable Elijah Muhammad taught the benefits of eating one meal a day, today, many sing its praises as the best way to maintain good health, combat illness, and control their weight. There are countless testimonies from people all over the world. It is highly recommended that we use the wisdom found in, in how to eat to live as a guide coupled with congruent information and scientific research to empower individuals to make the best choices regarding foods that are good to eat and foods to avoid. 
Believe me, one and all, this is not so mad science. Foods have properties that can either heal or kill. To be effective, even the best food must be prepared properly, eaten in the right amount, and at the proper time. Cooking your own meals at home is a great way to ensure you are eating healthy, wholesome foods that will help to sustain your life and preserve your overall health and wellness. When we understand the nutritional properties of food, we can cook foods to better address the health needs of our family. To help us make the best food choices to cook at home, we must gain knowledge of the nutrients in foods. Gaining knowledge of the nutrients in foods is key to determining what foods are best for maintaining health. It is also important to learn methods for preparing foods to ensure the nutrient value is maintained. In the midst of a global health pandemic, along with chronic illnesses faced by many people in our community, diabetes, heart disease, high blood pressure, etc., preparing foods in a manner that permits the body to gain the life-saving benefits from the vitamins, minerals, and other nutrients the foods contain is crucial. To gain a more comprehensive understanding of the best foods to eat, I personally and science strongly recommend that you read How to Eat to Live, Book 1, and How to Eat to Live, Book 2, by the Most Honorable Elijah Muhammad. I'm starting out this way tonight, family, because it's necessary as we go further that I lay a base of information from which you to draw on, which you then can reference on your own. And that way you can say, uh, Brother Harold, you're a bit of a kook and you're way off base. But I don't think you'll be able to do that. I do believe in my heart of hearts that the information shared tonight will help you move forward and have a greater understanding and sanctity for the house of God in which your spirit lives. Okay, so let's continue. The nutrients and the supplements that we need to boost our immune system. One of the best things you can do to protect yourself from any virus or disease is to consume foods and supplements that will boost your immune system and help the body fight off any infection. To do this first, we must understand what the immune system is and how you can make it stronger. The immune system is the defense system of the body. It consists of various types of cells and proteins that destroy harmful particles or microorganisms and protect the body from disease. Microorganisms such as viruses and bacteria are tiny, microscopic living things that can get into the body and potentially cause harm. 
When the immune system detects an invasion of harmful microorganisms, it responds to address the problem. It works by identifying particles as either natural and helpful to the body or foreign, potentially dangerous invaders. Examples, examples of, par- of particles and microorganisms identified by the immune system as foreign are bacteria, viruses, parasites, allergens, and toxic chemicals. Therefore, the immune system has two layers of defense that protect the body from various types of attacks from microorganisms and non-living chemicals like toxins or metals. When one layer is breached, the other layer is activated to work until the attack is successfully controlled. These two layers of the immune system are called the innate immune system and the adaptive or acquired immune system. The first layer of defense in the innate immune system, which consists of barriers like your skin, your hair, the lining of your respiratory system, the intestinal system, the genital and urinary system, and your nose and throat. If microorganisms are successful and get inside the body, then the innate immune system is further activated. Thus, the innate immune system is present in the body from the time of your birth. Although it is present at birth, the innate immune system is not yet fully developed. It is a nonspecific, meaning it does not have a special mechanism of action for a specific microorganism. It is composed of white blood cells, which are called neutrophils or mast cells, basophils, dendritic cells, eosinophils, monocytes, macro, macro, excuse me, macrophages, natural killer cells. The innate immune system looks for foreign invaders. Once it identifies a foreign invader, the innate immune system works to destroy these foreign invaders by causing you to get a fever. Having a fever, brothers and sisters, is not necessarily bad. You get a fever because your body's immune system is working to kill something that got in. So it causes you to get a fever. And producing substances such as interferons, alpha, beta, lambda, or gamma. These are the interferons. They interfere with whatever the innate immune system identified as being bad. It interferes with its ability to make you sick. So it sends these interferons to destroy the foreign entities. Quiet or adaptive immune system. The second line of defense 
is activated if the innate immune system is unable to destroy the foreign germs or invaders. Unlike the innate immune system, the adaptive immune system is not present at birth and is created in response to foreign substances, which is why it is named or called the adaptive immune system. It adapts to germ exposure over time. It is made of highly specialized cells and processes that eliminate harmful microorganisms. The adaptive immune system specifically targets the type of germ that causes infections. For the adaptive immune system to do its part, it must first identify the foreign invader. It works slower than the innate immune system. However, when it does respond, it is more targeted and aggressive than the innate immune system. But what we got to understand is this, that if your innate immune system is augmented and made stronger initially, the adaptive immune system does not kick in and your first line of defense protects you. And if it does not stop the foreign invasion, it slows it down enough that the adaptive immune system, when it does respond, responds so aggressively that sickness lasts as opposed to being two weeks or more, it's that two days or less. The adaptive immune system remembers foreign invaders. So it is able to attack faster should the body get invaded again. The adaptive immune system is made up of T cells, B cells, and antibodies. Although the immune system is a powerful force to help the body fight against disease, it can become compromised and weakened with a poor diet, dehydration, lack of sleep, poor hygiene, and bad habits such as smoking and drinking alcohol or drug use, no matter how benign, drug use, or you weed heads out there who want to get a little puff, puff, pass taking place, your immune system is weakened because of the puff, the puff, and the pass. Understanding the immune system is necessary to take actions to make the immune system stronger and ready to fight against any foreign invader like the SARS-CoV-2. So what are some of the things we can do to boost the immune system? In the books, How to Eat to Live, the most honorable Elijah Muhammad stresses the necessity of acquiring nutrients through eating healthy foods. However, he cautions us that such, or rather that much of the food commercially available in grocery stores has been robbed of its vital nutrients. 
In book two of How to Eat to Live, on page 93, the most honorable Elijah Muhammad states, and I quote, the world that we are now living in, as I have repeatedly written in this article, is a commercial world which commercializes on everything on which they can make an extra dollar. The food that we eat is robbed of its natural vitamins and proteins. Do you want some vitamins and proteins? Go to the drugstores. There you will find them on the shelves in the drugstores in pills and in liquid forms because they've been taken out of the food. But those vitamins and proteins are not there in the food anymore. When the vitamins and proteins are chemically taken out of natural food, it makes the food less valuable. The chemical used to take out the vitamins and proteins from their natural place in food and the chemical used to keep and preserve the vitamins and proteins make it not too safe for us to eat vitamins and proteins in pills and liquid form. It is a pity that the good food is robbed for the sake of a commercial dollar. On page 147 of that same fantastic book, How to Eat to Live, book two, he states further, think over it, that their food scientists teach how to rob food of its value, then put it in pills and in liquid form to commercialize on. How then can you eat to live with what he leaves you to eat? Foods robbed of their natural vitamins. Genetically modified organisms, GMOs. A banana isn't a banana anymore. Grapes aren't grapes anymore. How is this possible? There's no seed in it because there's no germinating taking place. Thus, the life, vitamins, and nutrients in the fruits and vegetables is gone. It's been genetically modified. Milk is no longer the milk that needs to be drank in order for it to give you the supplemental energy that should be in milk because they cook the milk so thoroughly. It kills the natural vitamins. It kills the natural bacteria and all that is in the milk in a process called pasteurization then they add vitamin D to it because they took the natural vitamin D that was in the milk out. Since food is robbed of its nutrients, many of us find that we suffer from a nutritional deficiency. This can occur even in our efforts to eat the best foods and prepare them in the best manner. Consequently, Supplementation with vitamins 
may be necessary to compensate for the loss of nutrients in foods. If supplementation is necessary, please be sure to first consult your doctor regarding the supplementation regimen that is best for you, the individual. Also, take time to do some research to find supplements that are produced using health-conscious methods. Knowing how the vitamins are extracted and how the supplements are produced is key to ensure that they are derived from the best possible sources. Consider choosing vitamins that are made from organic whole foods that do not contain unhealthy fillers such as pork gelatin and other toxic chemicals known as PEG, polyethylene glycol. Vitamins are organic compounds found in foods. Organic compound simply means that it usually comes from a living thing, such as a plant, an animal, but not always. For the chemistry enthusiasts listening to tonight's program, organic compounds are carbon-based compounds. Vitamins are molecules that are necessary for the human body to develop and function properly. The loss of these organic compounds in the body not only lead to physical liabilities, but psychological liabilities as well because the brain is not being fed properly from what we take in as a food substance. The human body needs vitamins in small quantities, and in most cases, the human body either does not produce them or produces insufficient quantities. We must acquire vitamins through consuming whole food and or supplements. Considering the nutritional needs of babies, the best whole food for them is breast milk. Babies acquire vitamins and many other nutrients through the mother's breast milk, which also helps build the child's immunity. But bear in mind, raw, unpasteurized milk from a milking cow, a Guernsey milking cow, to an adult is the equal of breast milk to a baby. There are 13 vitamins required for the human body to work properly. These 13 essential vitamins are, I'm going to say it slow so you can write, them in depth, write it down. I suggest you do. It could save your life. Vitamin A. Vitamin C. Vitamin D. Vitamin E, vitamin K, vitamin B1, known as thiamine, vitamin B2, known as riboflavin, vitamin B3, known as niacin, 
and the pantothenic acid or B5, vitamin B5, biotin or vitamin B7, vitamin B6 and vitamin B12 are the cyanocobalamin vitamins and folate or folic acid which is known as B9. All these vitamins are essential for optimal health. But during this coronavirus, we found out something. It has been discovered that certain vitamins are critical in helping the body to fight against the virus and lessen the effects of the COVID-19 disease. To lessen the effects of COVID-19 disease, the consumption of whole foods containing vitamin D. I don't think you heard me. Vitamin D. No, I know you didn't hear me, so I'm going to say it a third time. Add a little emphasis specifically. Vitamin D3 and vitamin C in sufficient quantities must be considered. Because if you went to your doctor right now, with what is known today, not last month, what we have found out today, after the lives have been exposed, that the FDA never told, that the CDC never told, that nutrition is never new, that we've learned that everybody in America is vitamin D deficient. And I'll tell you more about that as I go a little further. We have been lied to, America. We have been lied to by that arch deceiver. But I'm not done yet. I'm going to keep right on rolling along. Here's what we learned about vitamin D. Recently, and I'm the scientist, I didn't know. So it was a good lie. But you can't hold back that kind of evidence and information for very long and leave a crack that somebody can get through and find out the truth. Vitamin D, what is it and what it does? Vitamin D is known as the sunshine vitamin. It is a nutrient that the body needs for building and maintaining healthy bones, for bone growth and protection. Vitamin D promotes the absorption of calcium in the gut. Soluble. Fat-soluble vitamins are vitamins that can dissolve in fat and are stored in the body. Vitamin D regulates many other cellular functions in the body and has high anti-inflammatory, antioxidant, and neuroprotective properties. Neuro meaning neurological, nerve, cellular brain function. Neuroprotective properties that support immune health, muscle function, Brain cell activity, 
as we live in the COVID era, or the era of COVID-19, having adequate vitamin D levels in the body is more important than ever. Here's where the lie begins to become uncovered. Research has shown that a vitamin D deficiency may increase or does increase the risk of becoming infected with the coronavirus. Also, vitamin D deficiency can worsen the effects of those who have become infected. So where is it found? Vitamin D is naturally produced in the body when ultraviolet B or UVB rays from the sun strike the skin. The human body is designed to absorb direct sunlight. That's why some people, they feel great during the day, and then when the nighttime comes, they feel absolutely terrible. They're suffering from a vitamin D deficiency. So we got to get that person's vitamin D levels up. Because the sunlight is nourishing you and you feel better, but when the sun goes down, your body begins to feel miserable. We got to get your vitamin D levels up. So the human body is designed to absorb direct sunlight and convert a chemical in the skin into vitamin D3. Vitamin D3 is then carried to the liver and to the kidneys. So false symptoms of, of what is it called, uh, hepatitis can be found because your vitamin D3 levels are too low. So it's carried to the liver and then to the kidneys to transform into active vitamin D. The amount of vitamin D that the skin makes depends on many factors, including the age of the individual, the time of day, the season, the altitude, and skin pigmentation. So the darker you are, the better producing of vitamin D you have. The lighter you are, or those who are non-melanated, have difficulty absorbing vitamin D from the sun. Melanated people don't have that difficulty. We are people of the sun. We got to get out into it. Although wearing clothes that cover the skin is necessary, clothing blocking the skin from exposure to the direct rays of the sunlight. While laboratory studies have shown that high volumes of sunscreen can block the UVB rays that produce vitamin D, field studies indicate that in real-life situations, People do not use enough sunscreen to actually affect the body's production of vitamin D. Since the body's production of vitamin D might decrease or be completely absent during the winter months, it becomes necessary to obtain an adequate amount of vitamin D. Through food that is consumed or through the consumption of an appropriate supplement. Unfortunately, the vitamin D that the human body requires is not naturally found in most foods. Foods that naturally contain vitamin D are fish 
and egg yolks. Not the white. Yolk. The flesh of fatty fish, such as trout, salmon, mackerel, and fish liver oils are among the best food sources of vitamin D. Egg yolks contain lower amounts of vitamin D. Some food products such as orange juice, milk, and yogurt are fortified with vitamin D by food manufacturers. This means that the vitamin D is added to the foods. A variety of foods and their vitamin D levels can be provided to you. I would ask that you go to our, you go to uh, the Blog Talk Radio webpage for Black Hole Radio. I'm going to say that one more time. You go to the Facebook page for Black Hole Radio, and you write me to Not So Mad Science for the list or a table of foods that contain high levels of vitamin D to augment your body. But once again, Black Hole Radio on Facebook and write me. I'll give you everything you need. Now, how to get it into the body? Sunlight, of course. Most people make vitamin D through the exposure to the, of their skin to the sun. Some researchers suggest that with 30 minutes of daily direct sunlight exposure to unprotective skin, such as your face, your arms, your legs, and your hands, the skin can make enough of the body's required vitamin D. However, because of the season, fall and winter, the time of day, the length of the day, cloud coverage, the amount of melanin present in the skin, smog, sunscreen, and clothing, the skin may not get the exposure it needs to the sun's radiation to make vitamin D. In these circumstances, we may need to get vitamin D from food or supplements. So, I'm going to give you a quick synopsis of some of the foods. Daily consumption of foods rich in vitamin D3 is a simple way to boost the intake of the important fat-soluble vitamins. So here are a few of the top sources of vitamin D3. Wild-caught salmon. Salmon will provide three ounces of wild-caught salmon will give you 500 international units or 500 IU of vitamin D. Wild-caught herring, three ounces, will provide you with 300 international units of vitamin D. Sardines, canned in water or oil, will provide you with 40 international units of vitamin D. An egg, with the yolk specifically, one large egg will give you 40 units, international units of vitamin D. One tablespoon of cod liver oil will give you 1,000 international units of vitamin D. So, but there are other ways to get it through supplements. So that's another way to get the necessary amount of vitamin D needed for the body to fight infections. 
and make healthy bones and support other important body functions is through taking vitamin D supplements. Most over-the-counter vitamin D supplements provide either vitamin D2 from sources like yeast or vitamin D3 from animal sources such as fish and eggs. Both forms, vitamin D2 or the ergocalciferol and vitamin D-C, which, the, which is the clo, the clo-calciferol. So you got ergocalciferol and you got clo-calciferol, vitamin D2, vitamin D3, D3 that are well absorbed in the body. Vitamin D3, however, has shown to increase the vitamin D seen in the bloodstream directly. Vitamin D3 is also known as hydroxyvitamin D25 to a greater extent and for a longer duration than vitamin D2 in the blood. Hydroxyvitamin D25 is used by laboratories to determine how much vitamin D is present in the body. Now I'm getting ready to expose some, some lies right here. The recommended dosage. So I got 10 minutes left to my time tonight, and I hope to be able to cover this. First of all, consult with your medical doctor and get screened for vitamin D levels before starting any supplement. Vitamin D sufficiency is determined by measuring the amount of vitamin D in the blood. After being screened, individuals will find that they are in one of three categories. Vitamin D sufficient or normal or getting enough for healthy bones and to to maintain your overall good health. Vitamin D insufficient, which is below normal, or vitamin D deficient, not getting enough. It is important to understand how much vitamin D is needed daily to establish good bone health. Why are we pressing the issue on bone health? Because it is in the marrow, that red stuff in the bone, in the core of the bone, where new blood cells, T cells, and everything else from the innate, an adaptive immune system are manufactured. Good bone health, muscle function, and overall health. In the United States, the Food and Nutrition Board at the National Academy of Sciences, Engineering, and Medicine, formerly known as the Institute of Medicine, sets a recommended dietary allowance, the RDA, for nutrients including vitamin D. The recommended dietary allowance for a nutrient is the daily amount that is needed to maintain nutritional needs of 97 to 98% of healthy people. In 2010, the National Academies established an RDA of 400 international units daily of vitamin D. In 2011, the National Academies increased the RDA 
to 600 international units daily. They were wrong both times. Stick with me. However, since that time, researchers found that the National Academy miscalculated the RDA for vitamin D, and they knew it. They agreed that 600 international units of vitamin D is not enough for many to obtain optimal health and that some people need more than what has been recommended. Stick with me. In 2014, or rather in a 2014 study published in the journal titled Nutrients, researchers at the School of Public Health at the University of Alberta, Canada. Notice now, stateside institutions are not telling the truth about their research. You've got to go out of the country to find the truth because they're not only just doctors here. There's doctors around the world, and they're poking the holes in the lies told to the American public. Canada recalculated the data presented by the National Academy. They indicate that contrary to the recommended dietary allowance of 600 international units given by the National Academy, the majority of the population needs closer to 8,885 international units of vitamin D daily to achieve optimal health. In a different 2014 study published, PLOS, one global public health research guide, researchers found from four different universities also concluded that a vitamin D miscalculation error was made. They indicate that vitamin D supplementation should be based on body weight, where a heavier person would require more daily vitamin D than a smaller person. Based on their independent calculations, these researchers suggest that individuals may need dosages anywhere from 600 international units to 6,000 international units of vitamin D daily based on body weight, which can far exceed the miscalculated dosage established by the National Academy. In 2017, yet another independent research study found the same use of the Endocrine Society's miscalculations, or rather I should say the Endocrine Society's calculations when formulating newly established recommended dietary allowances for vitamin D. The Endocrine Society is a professional International organization, international, I'm going to say it again, international organization that focuses on the endocrine system and overall hormonal health. They conducted their own research and established vitamin D intake based on their own calculations. They suggested that adults over the age of 18 take at least 600 international units of vitamin D daily for optimal bone health and healthy muscle function. However, they note that some individuals may require a daily dosage of at least 
1,500 to 2,000 international units of vitamin D to reach a level of vitamin D sufficiency. Notably, according to the Endocrine Society, individuals over the age of 18 who are vitamin D deficient may require up to 10,000 international units daily to correct a vitamin D deficiency. So I'm going to share with you what the Endocrine Society's recommendations for the daily vitamin D intake is by age group. Zero to one years of age. They need at least 400 units a day. But they may require up to 1,000 units a day to reach a level of sufficiency since they've been deficient since birth. Ages 1 through 18 years of age need to maintain 600 units a day, but require at least 1,000 units a day to get to a level of sufficiency. 19 through 50 years of age need at least 600 a day to maintain a level of sufficiency, but will require at least 1,500 to 2,000 units a day to get to a level of sufficiency. 50 years and older need between six to 800 units daily, but require, again, 1,500 to 2,000 just to get back to a level of sufficiency over a period of time. While the Endocrine Society's recommendations for vitamin D intake may differ drastically from the National Academy's recommended dietary allowance, these levels remain below the National Academy's tolerable upper intake for vitamin D. The tolerable upper intake is the maximum daily amount of vitamin D that a person could consume without it potentially causing adverse effects to health. The current vitamin D upper intake levels given by the National Academy says zero to six months, they need 25 micrograms or 1,000 units. Seven years to 12 years of age, 38 micrograms or 1,500 international units. Or rather, seven to 12 months of age. One to three years of age requires 63 micrograms or 2,500 units per day. Four to eight years of age, 75 micrograms or 3,000 international units. And nine to 18 years of age, 100 micrograms or 4,000 international units per day. 19 years and older, 100 micrograms or 4,000 international units per day. I know someone right now who I love greatly, who I'm going to make sure gets on her vitamin D regimen because she is suffering distinctly from a vitamin D deficiency. Why? How to eat to live. As we continue to face a global pandemic, this information is especially crucial because vitamin D deficiency may affect the severity 
of COVID-19 symptoms. Why? Because in morbidity and mortality studies to date of all persons who have died from COVID-19, all suffered from a vitamin D3 insufficiency. Almost 80% of all persons who have contracted COVID-19 all suffer from vitamin D3 insufficiency. We've run out of time for tonight's program, but we will be back next week to pick up where we left off back, left off at this week by God's grace and permission. Brother Harold will be back next Tuesday to pick up where we left off because there's a lot of information to share. It's good, it's quality, and it's scientifically proven, concrete, concrete and validated. This is Not So Mad Science with your host, Brother Harold Muhammad here on the Black Hole Radio Network, leaving you, as I always do, with the immortal words of that great black teacher from the Abyssinian Baptist Church, the late, great Adam Clayton Powell, Jr., the greatest black politician to have ever lived. Keep the faith, baby. Keep the faith. Salam alaikum. With the Lucky Land Plus, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.